This week's Parsha has the most mitzvos of any Parsha. That's the first thing you have to realize. And when you look through the Parsha, you will get a sense of the richness of the Torah system. You have mitzvos Ben Adam Lechavero. You have mitzvos Ben Adam Leishto. You have mitzvos Ben Adam Lechavero. You have mitzvos that are compellingly logical. Pay wages on time, be honest in business. If you lost, return lost objects. And you have mitzvos that on the surface really don't make so much sense. They don't seem very fair. And on a certain level, they even that you can see contradictions within the systems. It says, Lo yumos banim al-avosam. Children are not punished for the sins of their parents. And yet we have a din lo yavo mamzer bekal Hashem. That a mamzer who is completely innocent, his parents did the sin, has limitations on who he or she is allowed to marry. That's, first of all, not uh, something we can understand. And it seems, on the surface, like he's suffering consequences for something that he didn't do. And in nature, that happens. In the physical nature, natural world, it happens that children sometimes suffer from what their parents did. I don't think anybody here is old enough to remember thalidomide babies, or Meshulam probably is that in the 1950s there was a drug that they gave to women who were pregnant thinking that it's going to help the pregnancy and it turned out to produce deformed children. Short arms, three fingers, terrible, it was terrible. Well, the children didn't do anything, but there were natural laws. And again, we don't understand it, but we have to understand there are certain natural laws. But the Parsha is full of every kind of mitzvah, the richness of the Torah. And if you go through it, you go through it, you see that it goes jumps back and forth, back and forth. It already starts in last week's Parsha, where, again, what the theme, what we're going to be talking about is Ki milchama aloivecha. It appears twice, last week's Parsha and this week's Parsha, where it talks about war and the Bali Musr, the Bali Machshava, the Bali Chsidus, all talk about the metaphoric understanding of you're going to battle. And every one of us goes to battle. We go to battle with our Yetzir Hara, with our, with our conflicts. We can have ideological conflicts, philosophical conflicts, and we can have daily practical conflicts. Getting up for davening. Stephen Covey calls it mind over mattress. There's a conflict between your mind and your mattress. Okay, That's a war. That's a battle. Okay, but there's intellectual struggles. How do I reconcile these seemingly contradictory laws? How do I justify laws that I don't understand? And on the other hand, the Torah is telling you the most ethical behaviors that are required of a Jew. You go again. You go through the parsha, okay, and and um, it, it introduces uh, inheritance laws, and it introduces that even when you execute, you have to have respect for the murder murderer who's being executed you can't degrade his body 
and then it talks about returning lost objects, right? And then it talks about uh, uh, cross-dressing being prohibited, right? And then it talks about the, what's called the simplest mitzvah in in the Torah, chasing away the mother bird before you take the eggs. It's called the simplest mitzvah because the whole mitzvah. How do you do the whole mitzvah? That's it. You just did the mitzvah. You chased away the bird. The simplest mitzvah. The Gemara contrasts that and it says, Laman Yarichun, you get long life for that. And the Gemara says, there's also a mitzvah of Kibbut Avvaim, honoring your parents, where you get long life. And the Gemara says, so I see that there's the same reward for the easiest mitzvah and the hardest mitzvah. Because whatever you do, says the Gemara, to honor your parents, it's never enough. That's not what your parents say, that's what the Torah says. <laughs> And then it talks about a makeh, you build a, a house, you have to make sure that the roof isn't dangerous, perfectly logical. And then it talks about not wearing shotnays, completely irrational. It talks about rape, and it talks about, and that's how the Torah learns out the, the idea of a rodeth, you are allowed to kill preemptively. Somebody who is trying to commit a, trying to commit murder or rape of a married woman before they do the crime. Vigilantes under certain circumstances. It talks about not allowing certain nations, even through conversion, to enter the Jewish people. And it gives a reason. Lo Yavo Amoni Umoavi Hashem. They can never enter the Jewish people even if they convert because they didn't, they didn't allow us to have water and bread when we passed through. Whereas Egyptians, right, whether, while, while as, Lotetayv uh, Adomi, they're our cousins, Lotetayv Mitzri, Kigera Yitabe'artso. The Egyptians enslaved us, but you know what? We were, Achsanya, uh, we were guests in their country. Not, we weren't treated so well, but on a certain level, they're going to be treated differently. Their descendants, three generations, they're out. But after that, they can join. No interest when you loan money. You gotta keep your word. These are such a rich parsha, and again, we're jumping back and forth between rational mitzvahs and low rational, irrational mitzvahs. But it all starts at the beginning. That's why this parsha always ki milchama You're in a battle. Your life is a battle with your instinct, with your ego, with your yetsar hara, and you've got to be aware of it. In last week's Parsha, when it introduces the idea of battle, so it also says, don't be afraid. Why shouldn't you be afraid? God is with you. You have a neshama, you have potential to be elevated to the highest spiritual level. I want to share the thought of the Slonim Rebbe, the Nesiva Shalom. The greatest Yetzir Hara of our generation. Uh, again, he wrote this before there was internet, so I'm not sure that he would. But when you see what he thinks of the greatest Yetzir Hara, on a certain level, it's greater than any other Yetzir Hara you're confronted with. But it's not what you expect. 
His words are katnut hadat. What my Rebbe, one of my Rebbeim used to call being a pea brain. You look so narrow and you never see the big picture. You never appreciate greatness, the striving for greatness, the potential for greatness, the idea of such infinite capacity when you keep mitzvot, when you learn Torah, when you do chesed, all of these mitzvot, you've got to look at the big, big, huge picture. And the problem, said the Slonim Rebbe, is we're very, very narrow-minded. We're very focused on the little tiny picture. What's for lunch today? Is my bed comfortable enough? Am I getting social recognition? These are such little things compared to the big, infinite picture. You have to, when you do a mitzvah, cosmic impact. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, I have no opinion about exactly how um, carbon fuels are affecting the, the climate. But they say it does. So that means that when you burn, when you have a campfire, the carbon dioxide has an impact on the weather. Well, imagine if that's true. You've heard of the butterfly effect. The butterfly flops its wings in Argentina and it creates some kind of a storm in, in Russia. Is an old theory. So imagine when you put on tefillin and you said the bracha with kavana. Imagine the cosmic spiritual impact that has. You helped another Jew. You gave charity. You kept Shabbos. Cosmic impact. And the Slomina Rebbe complained that we don't realize what we're accomplishing. Pea brains. Katnus hadas. But there's an opposite equation here. Which is on a certain level parallel. So there's a Gomorrah. We quote it many times over the years. Came from Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. Reb Dessler, the principal is also in Reb Dessler. So the Gomorrah tells the story. It's a Gomorrah in Avodah Zardaf Yudches. Tonu Rabbanan, Kishachala Rabbi ben Kisma. One of the Tanoim at the time of the Roman oppression. Holach Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion. He was one of the ten Haruge Malchus. Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion Levakro. He went to see how are you doing. Omar lo Hanina Achi. So Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma was a Rebbe. And he says to him, Hanina, my brother. This Roman nation, they're basically God has given them power to destroy us, to kill us, to oppress us. And Anishamati, he's saying to Hanani ben Tradion, I heard that you are Yoshe Vaosik Bitora Umakil Kilos Barabik. The Sefer Torah Munach Lecha Bechekecha. You're teaching Torah publicly against the decree of the Romans. How are you doing this? It's dangerous. You're endangering your life. That's that is the question that 
That's the question that Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma is asking Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion. Listen to Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion's answer and Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma's response to the answer. Omar lo, so Rabbi Hanina says, Min Hashemayim Yerachamu. Hashem Yerachem. God will have mercy on me. Sound like a good answer? Rabbi, Hanin, Rabbi Yossi ben Tradion, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma didn't think it's a good answer. I'm talking logic. And you say that God's going to have mercy? What are you talking about? I will be astounded if you don't end up getting burned with the Sefer Torah. And if you know the story of the Asura Maharegim Malchus, it's exactly what happened. Rabbi ben Trident was burned with the Sefer Torah. So, was he, what he doing, was it correct or not correct? Apparently, it was not correct, according to Rabbi Yosef ben Kisbul. But listen to the follow-up conversation. Omar Lo, after hearing that, so he gets nervous, and Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion asks Rabbi Yosef ben Kisma, Rabbi, ma'ni What is my place in the next world going to be? Omar Lo, did you ever do anything great? Well, if I would have been there, my first reaction, I just told you what I'm doing great. You just criticized me for doing great. I'm being Moser Nefesh. I'm risking my life to teach Torah publicly. That's not what he said. Omar Lo, well, you know what? Mos shall Purim is halfully shall tzedakah. I once had money that I put away for my Purim Suda. And it got mixed up with tzedakah money. And you know what I did? I gave away all the money to charity. So there was $100 of charity money, $100 for my Purim Suda. I could have said, okay, I'll give 100 for charity. No, no, no. It got mixed up. I gave $200 to charity, and I had to find another $100 for my Purim Suda. That's what I did. Great. Oh, my Lord. Listen to what, listen what, listen what Rabbi Yosef Kisma says. Wow, in kach, I wish that I could have the same place in Olam Haba as you. Says, what's going on here? This is, he's teaching Torah in public, and he's risking his life, and the Gemara continues, at the end he got burned. And his place in Olam Haba is secured because when the money got mixed up, he gave it all away. So says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz and Rav Dessler basically making the same point. When you do something big and public, that doesn't necessarily testify to your greatness. Because there's social pressure, there's glory. Nobody was looking. I think I mentioned this on Shabbos about Rabbi Yosheber's definition of a hero. Nobody was looking. He's in his house and the money got mixed up and it's absolutely justifiable to, okay, so it got mixed up. We'll take a hundred for this. No, nobody's looking. Nobody knows. And he did it. The right thing. That, you see, what Reb Chaim Shmulevitz calls masim ketanim. You know what you're judged by? You're not judged by the great things that you do. I don't want to say anything, I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly, but you know, 
I came to yeshiva. I left my career. I left my college. I came to yeshiva, but everybody knows that. You could walk around, wow, look at me. All my friends, they stay back in college, and I'm here in yeshiva. So, unbelievable. That is unbelievable. You will get huge reward for it. Don't anybody misunderstand what I'm saying. But there's an element. But there's an element there of glory. There's an element there of, you know, I fulfilled the expectations of my Kiruv rabbi. There, there's, you know, maybe I rebelled against my parents. Dafka, I did it. Okay. But if there's a piece of paper on the floor, all right, if there's a light on in the, in the classroom when nobody's there, and you pick up the piece of paper when nobody's looking, so the yeshiva will look a little nicer. You turn off the light. Your roommate left something, and you, nobody knows what uh, Stephen Covey calls anonymous service. There's no glory. Nobody knows. But you became a better person by doing that. That, says Rav Dessler, says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, what they call Masim Tanin. It's the little things that you get judged by. And part of our battle is in the little things. The big things, there's social pressure, there's glory. Think about the little things that nobody's looking and nobody cares. And it has an impact. We talked on Shabbos about Tzibur, about the effect that your decisions have on, on other people. Think about that. These are little things that nobody's paying attention to. This is the real battle. The idea of taking those little things, and here's where we'll tie it to the Slana Marebi, those little things, and realizing that those little things are earth-shattering. That Rebbe Hananya ben Tradion was guaranteed of a great place in Olam Haba because of that little thing that he did that nobody was looking. That's a little thing, but if you have that big picture if you let your mind expand and realize this has cosmic impact. And you've got to think about that every time, every, all the time. This is, this is the potential. And again, part of the battle is, as the, the slow number says, the little, you don't see the big picture, you see the little things. Ah, what is it? It's just a piece of paper. Okay, the light's on for a few more minutes. What difference does it make? Little things. I want to share one other thing about ethics just to show you the, 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 the uh, subtle ethics. Again, you go through the Parsha, it's all, all the Bein Adam Lechaveros are just over and over and over again. But there's one huge Chiddush um, of the Kliyakar that I need to share. Every time we learn this Parsha, it has to be shared. When you talk about the subtleties and the depth of the psychology and the morality of Chazal, of the Torah. So, Lo yelcha bekischa evan va'evan gedola v'ketana. You're not allowed to have two different measuring weights, a big one and a small one. Lo yelcha bevetcha eifa ve'eifa gedola v'ketana. You're not allowed to have two different measuring cups. Remember, you're a, you guys, you know, well, in the old, nowadays you don't see it so much. Uh, but in the old days in Machni Huda, when you bought garinim, all right, or vegetables, so they had the old scales. Remember the old scales like this? You ever see them in the pictures? So we we had them all the time. That's the, all they had before, way before the digital scales. So you had you had weights, 
Right, you had a weight of 100 grams, 500 grams, and you put the pile of garinim on one side, and I go like this, and now you got to figure out how much garinim do we have, so you start putting weights on, okay, and when it gets to a kilo, okay, now I know that I have a kilo of garinim because I have a kilo weight. But you realize that the assumption is that that weight actually weighs a kilo, okay? But if it weighs 900 grams, but it's labeled a kilo, so I only need to put 900 grams on the scale, and I'll sell you 900 grams of garinim and charge you for a kilo. So that's a short change. Okay. On the other hand, when my uh, distributor comes, when my supplier comes, and he's selling me 10 kilo of garinim for me to sell to you, I have another weight. Right? My weight is, it says a kilo, but it's really a kilo, 100, a kilo and 50. So when I put 10 of them on there, I'm going to end up with a lot more than 10 kilo. Two kinds of weights. Gedola the Ketana. Right? That's the Torah saying you're not allowed to have two weights. One for your buying and one for your selling. Make sense? Continues the Torah. What am I commanded? Now you told me what not to do. So what am I supposed to do? Eben Shlema Vetzedek Yelach. You have to have honest weights. Eifa Shlema Vetzedek. It has to be full and honest. Okay? Ki Toavat Hashem Elokecha it's an abomination to God. Everybody who does Eile, well, what's the antecedent of Eile? Eile sounds to me like the big weight and the small weight. Everybody who does this corruption, big weights and small weights, it's an abomination to God. And then the Torah adds three more words at the end of the Pasuk. Kol Ose Avel. Everybody who does an iniquity. Well, what have we been talking about till now? The Kliyakar is astounded by this extra word. But that's what we're talking about. Toivat Hashem kol osa eile. Big weights and small weights. You're not allowed to do that. You have to have honest weights. So of course, you're doing avel. You're doing an iniquity. Says the Kliyakar from this Pasuk, an unbelievable Kiddush. He says, let's imagine the storekeeper that we were just talking about. And he has, everybody comes into a store, Every time he want, they want a kilo of garinim, he puts the weight that says a kilo, but it's really only 950 grams. What's going to happen after a, a, a few days or a couple of weeks? Every customer is going to come back. Right? That's by the way, I should just point out, in laws of kashas, my father back in the 1950s didn't let my mother buy from a butcher after he came home the third time from the butcher with meat. And he put it on the scale we had at home and it wasn't exactly the amount that the butcher charged him from. That happened the third time. He said, we're not buying from the guy anymore. There's something wrong. And within six months, he was closed down because he was selling trafe meat. Right? So the guy's going to get closed down because all his customers are going to start complaining. Hey, I'm always... Did you get... Did you get... Oh, you got short change. This guy's a crook. We had my colleague guys. They always gave the kids the wrong change. They always give the can. They oh a mistake, a taut, you know, taut enoshit, a human mistake. Except the mistake was always in his favor. He never ever gave the kids too much change. So we know you can't buy from these guys anymore. So the guy's going to get closed down. How does he avoid that? So he has a weight that's a little bit too, a little bit light, and he has an honest weight. So for some customers, he shortchanges them, and for other customers, he gives them the fair weight. So every time, says the Kliyakar, a customer comes and says, I was shortchanged. What are you talking about? Look at all my satisfied customers. You mu- it must have been a hole in your bag on the way home. 
You must have, your, your, your scale at home isn't good. There was a hole in your bag. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an honest guy. Look at all the, my satisfied customers. Says the Kliyakar. So the honest weight also becomes corruption. Because it's the honest weight that lets him be corrupt. Listen to the sensitivity here. That the Torah, the, the Torah even understands that a person, we, we had this also, you know, there are, there are people who are corrupt out there, they give corrupt, self-centered advice, but they also give good advice. And you've got to realize that the good advice that they're giving is what enables them to be abusers. It's what enables them to be corrupt. That's what this excuse is. The, the, again, we, we have to think. We have to always be sensitive to everything that's going on. Look how honest the Torah demands you to be. An honest weight can also be a corruption if the honest weight facilitates your ability to be. People pretend to be tzaddikim. And the, 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 the Chazal talk about, the Bali Musa talk about how that's the worst possible thing is to look like a tzaddik and not be one. Because if you look like a tzaddik, everybody wants to learn from you. And they learn from your evil, evil deeds. The, look for the little things. That's what Reb Chaim and Reb Deshler are telling us. The little things define you. And your Yetzir Hara says, ah, it's just a little thing. got to be the big things. Says the Slonimer Rebbe, that's pea brain. You want to only look at the big things, you're missing the importance of the little things. The little things, they are cosmic. Rabbi Chanina ben Tradion's guaranteed a place in Olam Haba because he did a little thing with nobody looking. That's defining the real person. Our battle is with our Yetzir Hara, but you got to know what your Yetzir Hara is. Your Yetzir Hara wants glory. Your Yetzir Hara doesn't want to pay attention to the little details. I think there's a phrase. I don't know if they still use it anymore. God is in the details. This Parsha is full of details. And it should be studied and realized that the mitzvahs are all over the place. They're rational and they're irrational and they're compelling and they're benonim lechavero and they're benonim lamakom and the Torah is giving us a full system. Our job is to work to be as perfect as we can in the full system.